I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, Elliot, here is our script for today. Uh, B, I'm glad you enjoyed learning about King Tut for today's episode, but did you have to write the script out in hieroglyphics? Elliot, you're already off script. I appreciate your enthusiasm, but sadly, I can't read hieroglyphics. Oh, you can read anything, sadly. It's just a little harder through the tears. Uh, why don't we say everything like they would in Renaissance English? Uh, it's the way they spoke when our other famous figure, Queen Elizabeth, was alive. Ooh, I like that idea. <clears throat> ah Methinks thou art on to something, fairest Elliotith. Oh, oh, ouch! Ah, B, what canst thou ouchest about? Ah, uh-huh, I bit my tongue on that last ist. Uh, seems like for safety reasons we should just go back to regular modern English. Okay, Elliot, well, whatever you say. Uh, yikes. Eric, start the theme song, please. What do you think you know about the greats from history? The game is on, get some energy and buckle up your brain Cause it's time to play, it's the Who Was Podcast Cause it's time to play the Who Was Podcast Live from Tongvaland, or so-called SoCal Los Angeles Welcome to Who Was, the history quiz show that gives contestants the chance to win mega prizes and podcast glory. I'm B, your announcer who's just a little beanie baby. And here's your host, 
He calls a bookmark a bookmarkus. It's Elliot Kalen. Thank you, B. It's their proper name. I don't believe in nicknames. And welcome everyone to the Who Was podcast. This show is like Jeopardy, only with surprise guests, silly games, and a cooler theme song. Let's be fair. Our contestants were sent Who Was books about two great figures from history. Now they're here to show off their knowledge in the hopes of winning fantastic prizes. Today, we're getting regal when we learn about the ancient Egyptian pharaoh, King Tutankhamun, a.k.a. King Tut, and Queen Elizabeth I. But before we get to know about them, let's get to know our contestants. First up, we have Gwen. Gwen, please introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name is Gwen. My pronouns are she, her, and I love art. Okay, wow. And do you uh, do drawings and paintings of your own? Yes, I love doing all that. What's one of the um, last things you did that you were like, oh, like so proud of? I think it was a drawing. It was pencil drawing. It was a dragon, I think. So something you drew from life? Yes. <laughs> you got a real dragon to pose for you. I don't know. Definitely. It's, yeah, that would be great. Every time I see a painting, I assume it's a real thing that someone painted. Right, especially if it's like a dragon or a flying horse. Exactly, yes. And here today we also have Lindsay. Lindsay, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Lindsay. My pronouns are she, her, and I love animals. You love animals. Well, is your one of your favorite animals a dragon? Or a flying horse. Or a flying horse, because I know of someone who can do really good uh, dragon drawings if you're looking for a portrait. <laughs> um, yes, I do like those. One of my favorite animals is a giraffe. Giraffes are really great unless you're sitting behind one at the movies, in which case there is no worse animal to be sitting yes. behind. Yeah. All right. Thank you both so much. That was great. Yes. Thank you both. Uh, thank you, Lindsay. And thank you, Gwen, for joining us today. And thank you to Eric, our musician, for providing that lovely Meet the Contestants music and all the music on the show today. So that's Who Is. Now let's find out who was King Tutankhamun with four fast facts. Four fast facts. A boy king who ruled at age 10. His tomb was one of the only ones mostly untouched by thieves died when he was only 19 in 1,323 BCE. Discovery of his tomb and preserved mummified body in 1922 shone a light on ancient Egyptian society. Four Fastbacks. And now it's time for our first game, something we call Backpack from the Past. Backpack from the Past, baby. We have here a backpack filled with objects from the past. B and I are going to reveal those objects to our contestants and the listeners at home who will earn a point by telling us more about the items we find. Just to be clear, listeners, the contestants will earn points. You will earn no points. Gwen, this first object is for you. All right. Well, I shouldn't be surprised to find this in a backpack. It's paper, but it's not like regular paper. It was rolled into a scroll, and it's tougher than the paper I use for grocery lists and love notes. Hmm, Gwen, what's your guess? What is this paper? Yeah, what do you think this paper in my backpack from the past could be? Papaya paper? The it's like that. We will accept that, yeah. It's papyrus. Yeah, very, very similar. Uh, although papaya paper sounds delicious. The precursor to <laughs> modern paper that Egyptians developed as early as 3000 BC. And now I will pull from the backpack another object from ancient Egypt. Okay. It's a very long, very thin object with a curved hook on the end. Uh, Lindsay, what do you think this thing is and how does it relate to King Tut? When uh, 
back then when pharaohs would die, they would take a hook and they didn't think their brain was that important. So they would go up in the nose and take their brain out and then just throw it away. Oh my gosh, right in the nose. I mean, right on the nose. It is a brain hook. And you were right, Egyptian priests would remove the brains from dead people before mummifying because Egyptians didn't really think the brain did so much, so we wouldn't need it in the afterlife. All right, my turn to pull from the backpack. And this one is for Gwen. Oh my goodness, it's a big heavy stone with a bunch of hieroglyphics on it, along with Greek and another language. But I can't tell what this other language is. Gwen, what is this big heavy stone? What is this? I can't remember the name of it. Can you tell us? Can you tell us about it if you can't remember the name? There's three languages that there's Greek on it, there's the hieroglyphic, and there's another one. And it like it took a while for everyone to decipher them, but I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> I think we should give this a half point. I think partial yeah. credit. I think okay, so. we're reaching into the half point bag. This is a special bag we keep full of half points, and we're going to give you half credit for that. The name of the stone is the Rosetta Stone, but you're right. It has three languages on it, and eventually, the Frenchman Jean-Francois Champollion was able to decode hieroglyphics by comparing those languages, but it took thousands of years for people to realize what those languages were together. It took 14 years of research for Jean-Francois Champollion to be able to do it. Bonus point alert, Gwen. Okay, this for these are for bonus points. For five bonus points, can you tell me what the other language on that stone was? This is a tough one. That's why it's five points. Demotic? You yes, got it. That's, that's what it is. Correct. It's demotic. That's yeah. amazing. That's right. It was demotic was this other language that was kind of like Greek, but not exactly Greek, and kind of like hieroglyphics, not exactly hieroglyphics. They figured it out. Okay, for another five bonus points, this is going to be a double bonus point alert. Lindsay, can you tell me which pharaoh the hieroglyphics on the Rosetta Stone were praising? Who were they talking about? Huh. I'm going to say the first woman pharaoh. Pharaoh? If only, if, if only, only, if, if only, only the Rosetta Stone had, had uh, was commemorating that landmark. Uh, no, it was the Pharaoh Ptolemy, uh, which is, you know, a hard name to remember for a Pharaoh. So that is okay. No problem. That is five points for Gwen for her bonus question. And unfortunately, no extra points for Lindsay, but she's doing great already anyway. B, actually, right. let's see what the last object is in this backpack. Hopefully it's not as heavy. Okay, interesting. It's a scale, and on one side is a feather, and on the other side, oh, it's a human heart. Uh, Lindsay, what is this? Why would it be in King Tut's backpack? When somebody would die, they would they would put, like, different parts of their body in a jar, but I don't think this is the answer. But, like, the end of it, they would take the heart. You're so That's close. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah. very close. It has to. You're right that it has to do with when ancient Egyptians would yeah. die, when pharaohs would die. I. You know what? I'm going to give you partial credit for that one. I'm going to give you a half point because yes, they would remove their heart and they put it in what was called a canoptic jar, a jar that would hold the pharaoh's organs so they could use them again in the afterlife. We were, the scale itself is something that would happen in the Egyptian afterlife. They thought that when you died, your heart would be weighed against a feather and if the feather weighed more than the heart, then you were good and you would cross over into the afterlife. And if your heart weighed more than the feather, you'd get eaten by a big monster. So we'll give you half credit for that one because you got it right. It's about dead Egyptian hearts. 
Backpack from the past, baby. And that sound means it's the end of the game. Excellent job, both of you. We're going to have Jane tally up the scores and let us know where we're at right after this break. Eric, please play us some Pharaoh music, please. Where's Horace? From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome back to the Who Was Podcast. Today we're finding out who was King Tut and who was Queen Elizabeth I. Now back to your host, Elliot Kalin. Thank you, B. Gwen and Lindsay just finished a tough first round all about King Tut, and here is producer Jane with the scores. Elliot, I don't mind telling you that it's it's uh it's close. We have uh one and a half points is what Lindsay has, and Gwen has six and a half points. But uh, that's closer than it seems right now. That's right. And now, moving on to the next subject of today's show, let's get to know more about Queen Elizabeth with four fast facts. Four fast facts. 
only the second woman to rule England and the first woman to do it solo. She was placed in the Tower of London by her cousin in 1554. Arts, theater, and literature flourished under her rule. She kept England from being invaded by the Spanish in 1588. Four fast facts. Okay, everyone out there listening at home, doff your caps if you got them, because we have a very special guest. It's Queen Elizabeth herself via the Who Was app. Who was that? You want to reach someone in the past? All you need is the Who Was App. Who Was App? Uh, B, where is she? Well, I don't know. I got a message that she'd be here about now for an appearance, but... Chrysanthemum. Hello, B. Hello, Elliot. As you know, I came here via the Who Was App. Cue, uh, cue we, music. We already, cue sting, no, no, we, uh, sting music. Your Majesty, we already did the theme song. Oh, you did? Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Well, look, I, I can't say long, but I did want to drop these sonnets off for the next game for you. Whoa, were these written by Shakespeare? Of course not, I wrote them. I was quite the poet myself, isn't it? I just wanted to do my part for this show despite my busy schedule. Now I must be off. Confucius and I are going swimming. Ha <laughs> ha, ta-ta! And thanks again, who was that? Who was that? Wow, well that was a fast visit, but I guess Queen Elizabeth is pretty busy. Yeah, let's see what she brought. Okay, she writes, this is a game called Couplet. So, Eric, please give us a little couplet music sting. One, two, it's a couplet. One, two, it's a couplet. The sting did such a great job of explaining a couplet. It's just yeah, got two lines in it. Two lines. In this game, we're going to give you a rhyming couplet with one word missing. Fill in the blank with the correct word for two points each question. I guess we'll start with Lindsay. All right, Lindsay. The day I was born, my father was no fun. He was upset because he had hoped for... A son. Yes, that's right. Henry VIII famously beheaded Elizabeth's mother, Anne, for giving birth to a daughter. King Henry would eventually go on to have a son, Edward, who died at the young age of 15 after being king for just six years. Talk about a total king tut. Okay, the next question is for Gwen. With learning and schoolwork, I went very far. My tutor even gave me the nickname of... Um, I know this. Um, I don't think I'm going to remember it. That's okay. That's okay. It's a tough one. The answer is the brightest star. The brightest star was her nickname. Elizabeth was incredibly well-read, and she spoke five languages, hopefully all with that accent that we heard earlier. The next question is for Lindsay. All right, Lindsay. Of mine own family, I had to be wary, especially of my sister and my cousin, both named... Mary. That's right, Mary. Elizabeth's half-sister Mary Tudor, or Bloody Mary, put Elizabeth in the Tower of London. And later in her life, Elizabeth's distant cousin Mary, Queen of Scots, plotted against her to overthrow her and take the throne for herself. That's a lot of trouble with Mary's. It's, there's something about Mary, and it's trouble. And this last question of the round goes to Gwen. All right, Glenn. We were good friends until he pulled a weird flex and betrayed me. I'm talking about the Earl of... Oh, no. <laughs> Want me to give you a hint that won't be helpful? Um, sure. <laughs> it's the same name as the county I grew up in, in oh. New Jersey. Oh, you know. Now you know it. What? Um, 
That is a not helpful hint. It's not. I told you it was not a helpful hint. I don't know. That's okay. It's the Earl of Essex, Elizabeth's trusted friend who also tried to get her off the throne so he could rule over the country. I think I'm sensing a theme here, and it is that it is not easy being queen. It's a couplet. One, two, it's a couplet. And that music means we've come to the end of the game. Jane, can you please give us the scores, possibly as a rhyming couplet, but maybe not since that's a lot of pressure and I just rung it on you with no preparation. I am up to the challenge, Elliot, and what I'd like to say to you is that Gwen still leads with six and a half, but Lindsay still bleeds from her heart with just a five and a half. Bleeds from her heart. Her heart, bleeding heart is where I was going. Uh, I'm going to give you, uh, Jane, I'm going to give you a, a half point for, <laughs> for that one, for effort. Thank I you. I think it's funny that you could have just rhymed it with half and you would have <laughs> been, you would have been home yeah. free. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gwen has six and a half points right now and Lindsay has five and a half and that is nothing at which to laugh. It's a very close game. Some good rhyming there, yeah. That was that was much better. It's a very close game still, so we're about to take a break. But before we do, we have a question for our contestants to answer while we're away, to think about during the break and then answer when we come back. B, what's that question? Queen Elizabeth reigned during the Renaissance, which was the rebirth of art, music, theater, and science. Two of the most famous Renaissance playwrights were named in the Who Was Queen Elizabeth book. Can you tell us their names for five points each? That's a lot of points. So we're going to give our contestants a few minutes to think about it and write down the answers, and we're going to hear them when we return. Eric, can we have some Elizabethan England music, please? Michael Caine? Hey, who wasers? Want to make a shout out to your own favorite person in history, famous or unfamous? Do you think your sourdough recipe is better than ours? Would you like to tell us your craziest dream? What I'm trying to say is we want to hear from you. So send us an email or voice memo at the who was podcast at gmail.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome back to the Who Was Podcast. On today's episode, we're finding out who was King Tut and who was Queen Elizabeth. And now, here's your host, Elliot Kalen. Thank you, B. Before we left, we asked our contestants the names of the two most famous Renaissance playwrights mentioned in the Queen Elizabeth Who Was book. There's a possibility of 10 points total if you get both correct. Okay, so Gwen, we're going to ask you first. So Lindsay, that means we're going to have you take your headphones off so that you don't hear the answer. And Gwen, can you name these two playwrights that we're looking for? Oh, um, William Shakespeare, Christopher Marlowe. Yeah, that's, that's right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Good job. Okay, and now it's Lindsay's turn. Um, William Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I think this is our, an artist, but I'm just gonna say it to be safe. Um. Leonardo da Vinci. I'm pretty sure that's an artist. That's five points. William Shakespeare is correct. Leonardo da Vinci was, he was an Italian painter. You were right. He was an artist from the Italian Renaissance. Uh, But the other answer we're looking for was Christopher Marlowe. Producer Jane, prithee tell us anon who breaks through yonder window light like the dawn with points. Is this thou Gwen with 16 and a half points doth Proceed, Lindsay, who stays back with just ten and a half points. Ten and a half points, Lindsay. Sixteen and a half. Great. We're not done yet. We're going to see what these two famous figures have in common with our next and final game, Converge of Greatness. That's beautiful music. It makes me want to go out and win an Olympics. Now, this is a multiple-choice game. B is going to read questions where our two historical figures overlap or converge. And because we're covering two times the history of a normal question, there are two points for each of these questions. So you're going to pick the best option that B gives you as your answer. Lindsay, you're up first. Take it away, B. Okay, Lindsay. Both King Tut and Queen Elizabeth had very regal appearances and costumes. Which one of the following is not something they wore to stand out? A, lead-based white face paint, B, a fake beard, or C, tooth jewels? Tooth jewels. 
That's right, tooth jewels. Nobody wears that, although you, well, I, I guess you could try. I mean, you could put jewels in your teeth. Makes it hard to chew taffy. I have a grill. All right, everybody wears tooth jewels. What I should have said is everybody wears tooth jewels, except for Queen Elizabeth and King Tut. The queen may have worn white face paint to cover up smallpox scarring, and all the pharaohs, male and female, wore fake beards. I guess to be in disguise, so no one would know who they were. The next question is for Gwen. All right, Queen Elizabeth and King Tut had famous parents. King Henry VIII is depicted with flaming locks of auburn hair. Which of the following was King Tut's father, Amenhotep, said to have had? A, a strangely shaped head, B, ivory skin, or C, eyes of emerald green? A strangely shaped head. That's right, A, Amenhotep had a very narrow head that he wanted to make sure was recorded in paintings. He was very proud of his head and how narrow it was. If you got it, flaunt it, I guess. So the next question goes to Lindsay. Speaking of fathers, both King Tut and Elizabeth's fathers commanded a change of religion in their societies. Henry VIII broke from Catholicism so that he could get a divorce. What's one thing that changed under Amenhotep's new religion? Was it A, there was one god instead of many, B, the pharaoh's family moved to Cairo, or C, painting images of the king was banned? A, A. You're right. Correct. Yep, the answer is A. Under Amenhotep's new religion, there was only one god in Egyptian society instead of the many, many, many they had before then. That change would not last after he died. They would go back to the many, many, many gods that they had before. And now for our final question, it's Gwen. All right, King Tut and Elizabeth both left behind elaborate portraits. Elizabeth had to approve every portrait of her. Which one of the following details is not mentioned in the portraits described in the Who Was book? A, Elizabeth's hand resting on a globe. B, Elizabeth standing in a giant clamshell. Or C, Elizabeth holding a book while another book sits behind her. Um, is it the clamshell? That's right. The answer is B. The painting with the lady standing in the clamshell is The Birth of Venus by Botticelli. They wouldn't paint a queen that way. That, unless, I guess, unless her throne was shaped like a giant clamshell, which would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It yeah. is the queen of the seas, perhaps. The other answers are true and speak to young Elizabeth as both a voracious reader and Queen Elizabeth the adult as a global power after defeating the Spanish Armada. Now, while we wait for producer Jane to tally the final points, I'd love to hear some more from our contestants. Uh, Lindsay, Gwen, uh, Lindsay, we'll ask you first, what's something that you were surprised to learn about King Tut or Queen Elizabeth? There's something that really stuck with you from the books. Probably one of them about Queen Elizabeth is that, like, um, I was surprised to hear that she was, like, very, like, stubborn and everything because I feel like she would just be, like, nice person who would be, like, flexible between things like I thought that she would be like more understanding and everything but like at the meetings and everything she was very stubborn mm, yeah that that kind of attitude that she had that she wasn't just going to bend over that she was like a real queen and things were going to happen her way I guess when so many members of your family are trying to overthrow you from the throne you've got to be stubborn or else it goes from them deciding what's going to be for dinner to them deciding what everybody in England is going to eat for dinner because suddenly they're the queen now. 
So, right. But it's true. Yeah. She was very strong-willed and very stubborn. Uh, Gwen, what about you? Is there anything that kind of surprised you or that you really remembered strongly from reading about King Tut or Queen Elizabeth? Um, it also has something to do with Queen Elizabeth. Sure. Kind of like what Lindsay said. She was, like, really strong and independent. But especially for a woman, like, back then, um, like, I was surprised that she stood and she fought with her people when, like her place was being attacked because everyone else wanted her to go hide somewhere but she stood and she stayed with them and she fought yes yeah she was very brave not somebody who's gonna hide as you can tell from the from the white face paint that she was wearing on her face all the time it's very hard to hide when you paint your face in very bright white also hard to hide tooth jewels i will say it is very, she didn't wear those. She so didn't that, wear those. Yeah, but. yeah, but it would be hard to hide if you were wearing tooth jewels because someone tells a joke and you laugh and suddenly the jewels sparkle with there such brilliance. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, okay, tooth jewels, is anyone wearing them today? No, I did not bring mine. Oh, Jane is. Okay, Jane says that she has some of hers in. The grill. Okay, <laughs> it's great to know. Well, thank you both. Uh, that's great stuff for us to keep in mind about Queen Elizabeth. I'm so glad that you were with us today and learned about her. Now it's time for the big moment. Jane Please announce our winner. Well, it goes like this. Lindsay accumulated a massive amount of pointage with 14 and one half, but Gwen got a little bit more with 20 and a half, and Gwen is our winner. Congratulations, Gwen. Congratulations, Gwen. And great work, Lindsay. You both played a fantastic game. This was a tough one, and you both amassed, as Jane said, fantastic amounts of points. Gwen, you as our winner, you have 10 seconds for shout-outs. Who would you like to thank at the end of the show today? Um, My family, my parents, and my cousins, and my aunts, and my uncles, and everyone. Um, and I guess my friends September and Lily, and my friends Cinnamon and Quinn, um, and my teachers. I don't know. There's a lot of people. You're you're thanking everybody, which is fantastic. <laughs> we'll, we'll just yeah. say that you're thanking everyone who possibly needs to yes. be thanked. You're covering all the bases. And a good way to make sure those people don't try to put you in the Tower of London. Just saying. Yes, yes. Our winner and their library of choice will be receiving a set of Who Was books. And I'm going to give my own shout out to our intern, Zach, to Jane, Eric, and B and to both of our contestants who played a fantastic game. And to you at home, thank you so much for listening. Stick with us next time when we're going to find out who was two more amazing historical figures. Until then, this is Elliot Boy King Kalen saying we're history. Goodbye, everybody. Got a question for any of our famous figures? Send us a voice memo at thewhowaspodcast at gmail.com. It might just end up on the show. The Who Was Podcast is produced by Radio Point, iHeartMedia, and Penguin Workshop, based on the best-selling Who HQ series, published by Penguin. The Who Was Podcast is hosted by Elliot Kalin, with co-host Megan O'Neill as B, also starring Jane Baker as producer Jane, Sam Taha as King Tut, and Megan O'Neill as Queen Elizabeth. The executive producers are Richard Corson, Alex Bach, Elliot Kalin, Megan O'Neill, Daniel Powell, and Houston Snyder. The executive producer for Penguin Workshop is Francesco Cerita. The executive producer for iHeartMedia is Lindsay Hoffman. This episode was written by Megan O'Neill, Elliot Kalin, and, you guessed it, Jane Baker. This podcast was produced by Bernie Kaminsky. Our talent producer is Jane Baker. The theme song and music were composed and performed by Eric Shackney, edited and mixed by Bree Matan and Kate Moldenhauer, recorded by Joanna Samuels. Special thanks to Zach Timpson, Charlotte DeAnda, Daniel Goodman, and Michael Lewis Howard. The Who Was podcast was recorded at the iHeart Studios in Los Angeles, California. 
Sound services were provided by Great City Post. It's the Who Was Podcast, because it's time to play the Who Was Podcast.